UFC 249. <laughs> this is three star recruits, fight corner. First time sure. we're doing this. A couple complications. Ross didn't have a mic. I know it wasn't recording. Nope. And we're back. We're good to go. All right. So uh, we watched most of the undercard. We did. We yeah. were tossing back and forth between cornhole and that. Nice. And then. Uh, Was that a cornhole pun? Tossing yeah. back and forth? No, it wasn't, but <laughs> Good catch. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the fight that really caught my eye, so we can start, kind of start there. Well, no, it was the first fight that I we watched. I was like, that's a solid fight. was uh, Bryce Mitchell defeated Charles Sarosa in the featherweight division. Yes. And so I actually had someone say to me, like, I turned on the fights. I was watching your prelims. And I watched the Mitchell fight, and it was boring. And I was like, that wasn't boring. That was a complete chess match, jujitsu style. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, unfortunately, we see a lot of casual fans. Yes, thanks for using that word. All they want is big punches that are breaking noses. They don't appreciate uh, the mixed part of mixed martial arts. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it takes just as much, if not more, skill to uh, become a jiu-jitsu master. Yeah. Yeah, if you understand and can appreciate that, then two guys... Yeah, and I don't think I don't think people understand how good of his jujitsu it was, because the kid he beat uh, Rosa is no slouch in jujitsu. He's a black belt, yeah. and he looked like complete amateur. He's got mauled. He got outworked. Yeah. So, I did my background on Mitchell. He's now four and zero in the UFC. One of those wins was part of the uh, maybe contender series or something like right. that. Do they count those on the record? I know, like the Ultimate Fighter show they didn't they won't count those on their right at least yeah didn't so used to, I, I i had I had down three and oh yeah he's 13 and oh professionally okay i have him down as three and oh because he only has three fights on a ufc card whether it be fight nights yeah or pay-per-views i think this actually was his first pay-per-view he's looked solid every fight and definitely after the performance the other night i think you have to give him a ranked opponent he's still unranked so I think you give him a ranked opponent in that division, just to kind of say, all right, well, you've done your, you've put in your time, showed that you got it. Let's give you, not super ranked, like give a guy that's like yeah, yeah, tenth, twelfth somewhere right. in there. Yep. Uh, give him a shot at one of those guys. But yeah, he looked good, young kid, man. He could be really good. And he could be a problem in that division. Uh, the other fight was uh, we actually missed some of this fight, rewound it to watch it. it was a. Sent Luque defeated Nico Price. Yeah. And when you and I turned it on, Nico had one eye. Yeah. We were watching Cornhole. Yeah. We turned it back at the end of the fight and saw Price looking into the camera. It looked like his, at least half of his face was ready to explode. It looked like Bubba J. Yeah. <laughs> one eye open. Yeah. We both looked at each other and were like, well, we're going to rewind this and yeah. watch it. So we rewound that. And yeah, they just, they got in a phone booth and just started swinging. Yeah. Nico would come out with a missed call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, so they end up. Yeah, it was a doctor stoppage. Yes. So yeah. I don't know what's next. Both those guys just kind of floating there. I think yeah. they're still trying to find their place within UFC. Yeah, those doctor stoppages are. It's like a you know double edged sword, right? You. I wouldn't want that job. Yeah, you. Uh, you're going to make the fans. Uh, there were no fans in the arena, but <laughs> right. fans at home unhappy that you're stopping a fight really before it's over if you right. will and but yeah ultimately you've got to protect a fighter if you have a fighter that can't see on one eye it's probably a good call but you love as a fan you love seeing that damage you love seeing the, th- yeah. the punches that caused that damage yeah but then you don't want him to stop it because he's got the damage so it's yeah but well, you gotta understand there's like feelings a, about yeah it. so let's let's stop there for a minute before i go on to the next fight because you mentioned there was no fans. What were your thoughts on? So, overall, watching it at home, uh, I think there's there's positives and negatives to the whole situation, right? Yeah. There's clearly a much more energetic energetic atmosphere when the fans are there. There's probably fighters that thrive off that. Yeah. So, I think if you're there in person, whether you're a fighter, you're an announcer, you're any part of the corner, corner staff, et cetera, you probably want those fans there to hype yeah. the, the whole atmosphere up. But we mentioned a number of times that you could hear so much more 
watching it on TV without fans. And obviously we thought of the punches and kicks. You could hear how oh, much, yeah. how much more solid they were. But afterwards I got thinking you could also hear the corners instructions to the fighters a lot better. There was even at least one or two times you and I mentioned we heard the fighters actually talking to each other. Yeah, you can hear them yelling talking. at each other. There was one fight where they were down on the ground rolling and uh, they said something to each other. They didn't quite clearly what they said. But you could hear they were talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, so that's an interesting aspect we don't think about, that the two fighters, they're not just yeah. throwing punches. Sometimes they are actually talking to each other. Yeah, I know Khabib's big on talking to whoever he's fighting. But yeah, yeah. I actually didn't mind it. It was a little odd a couple times. You get Bruce Buffer in there. Bruce Buffer did his thing, and he announced a fighter I, and crickets. I thought that was a bit extreme. The, the introductions probably could have been toned down a little bit because – to me, the reason he's there doing those introductions hype is to crowd. hype the crowd up. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just giving us information that we're already reading on yeah, the screen. Yeah, you on the screen. So that I, was a little weird. I did like the aspect. There was only you know, a sucks there's not a crowd there. It was good to see sports come back. It's a good start. Yep. I think this is going to be – this might start pushing the envelope for the rest of them to open up. Yeah. Yep. But I did like the aspect where you, you heard a lot more. Yeah. You could hear punches. You could just hear them laying in. It just sounded so much more solid. Yeah. You could hear a leather hitting face. <laughs> I know even one fighter said he heard one of the commentators mention something he was doing wrong. Yep. And made an adjustment. Yep. I'm sure that has never happened before. Right. In a pay-per-view event. Yeah. No. So you got Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. uh, who was Anik. And he had Cormier, yeah. And Cormier, yeah. And they weren't, they were also spaced out. Usually yeah. they're at one table together. They were spaced out on some different sides of yeah. the uh, octagon. So they... Even though they're talking into a microphone with headphones, their instinct is probably to talk a little louder because you're talking to somebody that's over on the And you probably can't room. hear yourself because you had a headset yeah, on. Yeah, so they probably were speaking loud enough for the fighters to be able to hear them. And, that was funny. Like, uh, someone brought yeah. that up. Like, well, I heard DC over there. Something you start checking kicks. <laughs> so I started checking kicks. Yep. So, yeah, it was a different aspect, but it was good to see a fight. Yeah. You def- they're getting some fights in. I know there's, oddly, there's a there's a card Wednesday night, yep. which I think is a makeup. Yep. So I know that one. For sure, is also at Jacksonville. It's yes. in the same arena, so I'm yep. sure that's why we're seeing a quicker turnaround. Like you say, we never see Wednesday. Yeah, they cards, didn't travel. So yeah, because there's no travel, they didn't have to tear the ring down. Where are they Saturday? Because they fight Saturday I, too. Yeah, let me see if I can look that up real quick. I don't. This I don't is where know our, we need our stat person. Um, yeah, I think that I don't know where that's at, but they do fight Saturday. Yeah. The one fight I am interested in on Wednesday night is uh, the Anthony Smith. Yep. But I'll get into that a little bit later. So while you're looking that up, I'll move on to the next one. Alexi Olenek fought Fabricio Verdum, beat him in a split decision. Yep. Uh, Olenek, I feel like he just fought not too long ago, probably within the last like four or five months, four months. He's 42 years old. The guy's probably got 100 fights under his belt. Yeah. He's, he, there's nothing about him. It's like fluid. He's great on the ground. And Verdum is coming off a, you know, a suspension. He had a... Uh, about two year layoff. You saw us. You spent suspension. Uh, he's also look at him. He's also forty two years old. He's been around a long he's time. He's been around a while. Yeah. yeah. And I and you and I were talking. I was in Cleveland yep. when when they rang the bell. And he came across the ring, kicked Travis Brown right yes. in the face, and then he kicked Travis Brown's corner after the fight. After the fight. Yeah. So, so uh, Saturday, Saturdays is also in Jacksonville at the same arena. So they're just getting so, it in while they can. Yeah. So that'll be three events within a. Yeah, seven, eight-day span in the same arena. Good for so UFC, sure man. The, that's uh, all they have listed. I'm on UFC's website, UFC.com. Uh, Wednesday and Saturday are the only events they have listed for the future at the moment. So beyond Saturday, they haven't announced formally announced anything yet. There was supposed to be a card June 5th or 6th, and they postponed it, but I think that was supposed to be outside the country. Okay. And that might have been Nunez fighting, and I think they postponed mm-hmm. it. I don't know who owns this. So this arena we looked up is a small arena where East Coast Hockey League team plays. There's an arena football. Yeah. it's. I didn't look up the seating capacity. I'm guessing it's only about 5,000 seats probably, or so. Probably, yeah. Whoever owns that arena, if it's an individual owner, is probably loving this situation. Oh, absolutely. He's bringing in big money. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know how it all works. I'm sure he's getting a cut of whatever the right. UFC is making off this, and it's probably substantially more than he would off uh normal teams that are in there. One thing I, f- I wanted to look up today and I forgot to look up today was pay-per-view buys, which I don't think is actually public yet. Usually takes a few days for that to come in. Yeah, sometimes. I watched some of the uh, post-fight 
press conferences, and yeah, probably halftime. Dana has those numbers, and halftime he does. Yeah, he usually mentions Gate, which there was zero yeah, right, because nobody zero. was there. But I the, think he uh, probably sold a lot of UFC fights. Yeah, I would say it's got to be at least twenty five percent higher than it usually is. Yeah, I'm it's completely guessing on. Yeah, that. And you got. I think there's a lot of people who are like, "Well, I got nothing else to do tonight. Yeah. You have sports back. Yeah. I'm doing this." Um. All right. So next fight, I loved it. Was uh, Anthony Pettis Cowboy Cerrone? Two good friends, by the way. Yeah, they're they're good friends. Posted pictures of them after the fight, drinking beer together at the hotel. Yeah, that's got to be so weird to stand yeah. in the ring and punch your good they, friend. In the yeah, face. they fought one other time. Yeah, and then and from there it kind of <laughs> developed into a friendship. And how do you how do you dislike Cowboy? Mike? he's such a nice yeah. guy. But so I think Pettis is now two and zero in those matches, right? I think so. Yeah. So I looked up. So I was just really curious about Pettis because. He's a guy that floats back and forth between 155, 170. Mm-hmm. And he is actually ranked 15th in, at 170 pounds, but that's because I think he's new to the division. Right. And then Cowboys ranked sixth at lightweight, coming off a loss to Connor. Um, I don't know where Cowboy goes from here. For him, it's he's one of those guys I have written down. It's his motto anytime, anybody, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. I think he just loves it. I think Rogan. Joe Rogan joked either during or after that fight that Cowboy was probably going to go in the back and try to get on the Wednesday card. Yeah. So <laughs> it wouldn't, wouldn't put it past him to yeah. try to fight three times this week. Yeah. So. so I don't know where he goes from there as far as, like, goals and career path. I mean, yeah. he just – I know Pettis and Cowboy combined were over the zero wins in their last five fights. I can't remember who, which one had three losses and t- which one had two going into it. But So Pettis is uh, – yeah, so Pettis beat Wonder Boy. He knocked out Wonder Boy. It's the only time Wonder Boy's ever been knocked out. And then he lost his next two fights to Diaz and Diego Ferreira. Okay. So that means Cowboy must have had three losses going into it. Yeah. We obviously know he lost to Connor. Yep. The previous fight. If that's true, then he's got he's on a four fight loss streak, which doesn't probably affect his mindset and we know Dana loves him. But He'll fight yeah, because he's a company guy. He fights anybody yeah. he's a draw. At this point I think Cowboy's fighting for the love of fighting and a paycheck. He's not really in a conversation for yeah. a belt at this point. So that was my question with Pettis is like, do you, I mean, Pettis is 33 years old. He's got 33 fights. He's 23 and 10 professionally. Still not that old. 33 fights is a lot of fights for a 33 year old, but where do you go from here? I mean, he was trying to make a run at 155. He got derailed kind of like with Poirier beating him. Yeah. It's kind of back and forth. He's lost his last two. It's like, what do you go from here? Do you do you make an honest run at one seventy? I mean, you lost to Diaz, you lost to Ferreira. I just don't know what he does. Like, that's, he's another guy. Like, do you just kind of hang out and say, "What do I want to do from here?" And he's thirty three. Do you want to try to cut weight again? He looked pretty heavy for one seventy. He did, yeah. So, do you want to try to cut weight again at one fifty? I just one fifty five is a log jam. I think you stay at one seventy. See if you want to run. I don't think you go to one one eighty five. I don't think he'd survive in that weight class. No. Yeah, it's. I, I guess I don't really have an answer. That's a that's a tough call if you're Pettis. Yeah. What to do? I think. Yeah, I think 155 is probably tougher right now. The division, just because of that, he might lean towards 170 and just fight, stay there, fight there. Yeah. You don't think he really has to cut much weight, if any at all. Yeah, probably not. Just get a paycheck. Yeah. You hope to go on a good run and get a title shot. Yeah, never know. Yeah. So we move on to the uh, main card. That was a that was a main event for the undercard. Yep. And uh, Greg Hardy defeated Castro by decision. Yeah, I don't have too many notes written down about that. I'm not a Greg Hardy fan. I Me either. Made that clear during the fight. He's got a sketchy past. That yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I to be honest, I don't even remember a whole lot of that fight. Therefore, tells me it wasn't really. All that exciting. I mean, Hardy Hardy was the guy who said, oh, I had to start checking kicks because I heard DC. Yes, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm not a big Greg Hardy fan, but I got to give you credit where credit's due. The guy is a hell of an athlete. He could be a good fighter. Yep. Um, I think if he has his skills develop, he'll become more and more of a problem at heavyweight because he's got great cardio for a heavyweight. Yes. Really good cardio for heavyweight. I mean, he probably dips back in his background playing football. Yeah, it's not an accident. You know, so I actually, yeah. I, so I actually have as a possible fight for him, maybe fight uh, Alexi Olenek. 
not a highly ranked guy, maybe get your touch at a ranked opponent. Yeah. See, you know, kind of measure your skills. Where are you at? Yep. We talked while we were watching the event, they showed uh, the upcoming events and um, they showed the heavyweight ranks on there. And I made the comment about Junior Dos Santos being ranked, I think, the fourth contender. Yep. And to me, he's a name that's fallen off the map the last couple of years. Yeah. So that alone shows how weak overall the heavyweight division is. So yeah. if you could have a guy like Hardy string a few wins together in a very weak division, you never know what could happen. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that would be good. I think it's time for him to test his skills. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's won the last couple of fights. He had no contest because of the whole inhaler situation. Yeah. That Yeah. I mean, I think skills-wise, he's – if you put him into a championship fight right now against the likes of Stipe, even DC, you last. Nagano, no. he, he would stand no chance there. But if you can get another three fights against guys that are ranked, you know, 7 to 12 or something, you know, maybe. Test your skills and see where you're at. Yeah. yeah, he's still still really early in his career. Yep. So, yeah, that was, wasn't was a great fight. It wasn't a bad fight, but yeah. he does have great cardio for heavyweight. Yeah. Doesn't seem to gas out as quick as the rest of them. Uh, next fight was Calvin Cater defeated Jeremy Stevens. He did. And this is just, I said it like three times when the fight was over. I was like, man, I really like Jeremy Stevens. Guy comes in, he's there to fight. He's he's almost like, I don't want to say he's a cowboy, but Dana White's got to love him because the guy's like, yeah, I'll fight. I'll fight that guy. Yeah, I'll fight. Yeah. He's always up for it. We do know, though, the one thing Dana White hates the most is guys missing weight. And Stevenson was not even four and a half pounds. Was not even close. Stevens, yeah. excuse me, not Stevenson. Yeah, four and a half pounds. Four and a half pounds is that's a big miss, especially for a guy that's not overweight. He's not no. a pudgy guy or anything like that, and he did not come close on the weight cut. No, it's yeah. one thing to it's one thing to miss by a half pound or a pound, but yeah, four and a half. Someone brought up, you know, is it possible these guys, you know, he missed weight? Not trying to make an excuse, but. You know, they they didn't have saunas or they couldn't get to a gym to but at the same time it's like you just you just forfeited thirty percent of your purse because you missed weight. Yeah. You could take you could take five percent of that and buy yourself the most portable saunas. Yeah. Right. You could I mean they have those suits, the I say sweatsuit, not yeah. a sweatsuit, but the, the sauna suits whatever yeah, they call them, yeah. You, you throw one of those on with sweatpants and a sweatshirt over it and ride a stationary bike. Something. It's gonna have a similar effect. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, and what else are you doing right now? Yeah, yeah, really. You got nothing but time, so start, I mean, you can't, even if you can't go to the gym, so. Yeah. Disappointing, but. Yeah. And Cater won that fight by TKO with one of the more vicious elbows I've seen in a while. I thought it was a punch at first. You and I both thought it was a punch, and it wasn't until they showed the slow-mo replay that we thought it was actually a right elbow. And then the left elbow. And then he, yeah, Stevens went down, Cater, I think, missed a punch, and then threw the left elbow that cut him wide open so that was two elbows that were very vicious do you want to talk about the school nurse that came in the ring oh that shouldn't goodness. been there yeah yeah so she she came in a couple times that was the first time we noticed her yeah and she looked like she was scared of blood yeah i mean she was she looked like she better should have been a school nurse checking heads yeah. for lice she, as soon as she saw that cut and the amount of blood that was pouring out of it yeah. she, it was like she was hands off she go to touch and to like she back it. off like yeah i think he's bleeding yeah if if you're Again, that's just my perception. It looked like she was afraid of blood, and if that's true, you she didn't should belong. not be working for the yeah. UFC. No, you should not <laughs> be working for any the UFC, the Athletic Commission at a UFC event. Right? Yeah, don't come. Don't, no. Are they provided by the commission? Those um, they're not. Traveling. Possibly, I think the UFC has their own staff. Like, yeah. you know, probably after fights and stuff to check them out. Right. They go through like a medical exam. I mean, we see the same cut guys and whatnot traveling with the UFC, but. I think they all get their license, like just like referees. I think they get their license in the state, based on the state. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how universal it is, but I'm just guessing here. <clears throat> but Cater, since 2018, has won four out of his last six. Okay. Uh, look, looked pretty good. Yeah, he's, so he's a guy I know the name, but I admittedly don't know a ton about him. Yeah. So here's my uh, here's my thought. Cater fights Frankie Edgar. Okay. Frankie Edgar's kind of aspiring on that division. He's not quite sure what he wants to do. You know, he fought Holloway and got beat yeah. for a belt. It's like, what do I do? Yeah. Cater's up and coming. Like, 
go go give yourself a, t- a true test of, of a veteran and Frankie Edgar. See how it goes. Um, I like Jeremy Stevens. I told you that. I, he's a guy who shows yeah. up to fight. He puts on a show. Unfortunately, though, he since July of 2018, he's lost his last four fights. Yeah. He had one no contest to Yair Rodriguez, which they rescheduled, and then he lost it. Yeah. And he's been knocked out a couple times. And he's almost become that gatekeeper for the division where he's ranked like yeah, seven yeah. right now. So, yeah, guys are up and coming. It's like, all right, you got to fight Stevens. Yeah. To kind of, you know, see where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, we know Dana stays loyal to these veterans that have been around for a while, but at some point, I mean, you're saying those four losses. Four in a row. A couple, yeah. If that gets to five or six, eventually you're probably going to get cut. I mean, yeah. At some point, even as likable as you are, you got to produce some wins. To or you're on a really early oh, undercard. Yeah, and not getting paid a whole lot. Yep. Which, if you love fighting, then yeah. so be it. But. So I have actually um, possible for him, maybe they, Dan Igg, I-G-E, Dan Igg. Okay. Maybe possibility he's kind of up and coming, trying to find his way. Yeah. So maybe the two of them get together and spar it out. All right. And then we got Nagano. Oh, my. I actually didn't write down some of the guy's name. Uh, it's Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike, yes. I don't know. Can't remember his first name, but so what I thought was funny was Nagano. When they asked him about this fight, well, they, they showed the pre-flight clip, like the video thing they put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I didn't know who this guy was. Someone told me I called yeah. out. You had to yeah. Google him. Yep, that's that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Rosenstrike, like you said, won a fight, called out Nagano, and in my opinion. Francis Nagano might have the biggest knockout power we've ever seen in the UFC. I would agree with that. If not, he's in the conversation of the top. He doesn't have the best skills, but yeah, knockout power understood. But it's just raw power. It may be the best, the most power we've ever seen in the UFC. And uh, they're still attaching Overeem's head back to his shoulders. Oh my good, that's probably the most vicious punch I've seen in the (laughs) UFC. The single, you know, one single punch. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, go look up Francis Nagano's knockout over Alistair Overeem. Uh, that fight, I don't even have the time run down. It was less than 20 seconds. It was officially 20 seconds. Okay. So, Nagano came out, zero technique. It just looked like he knew, this guy can't knock me out, and all I've got to do is land a punch or two. I think, I think he threw three punches that missed – and his fourth was a left hook that connected. And it wasn't even like a monster punch. It wasn't even a full left hook. And it's like right. a three-quarter wedge yeah. from the hip. <laughs> just straight across you know, his schnoz. And when that landed, Rosenstrike was only three or four feet away from the cage. And he was asleep before he hit the cage. And then I believe Nagano landed one more punch. He landed like an uppercut. So it, it only took one half-assed left hook to knock him out. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was impressive. Yeah, there was no hip into it. It was just like, I'm going to swing my arm. Yeah. That was, that was crazy. He does, and it was funny thing was is we were watching the fight, and he kept showing like tweets in the corner, and I joked, I'm like, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to tweet some smart ass shit, yep. and see if we can get it on TV. I couldn't even finish the tweet and tweet it out. Right, fight was over. Fight was over. <laughs> so I guess I, I deleted most of the tweet, and I was like, Is he awake yet? Yeah, he, yeah. he was out. Yep. So Francis Nagano had. I don't know the date. It was a couple years ago, maybe two, that he fought Derek Lewis. And the two of them stood there and barely threw any punches. We don't know why. I don't think we ever got a reason from either of them why that fight was so And he caught a lot of shit from Dane, not from the media, not so much the media. Yep. Because Dana White was not happy. Right. I think it was, might even been a co-main event on that card. Yeah. It was definitely on a pay-per-view. And ever since that fight, it seems like he's gotten the message, and he's looked unstoppable. You better go fight. Yeah. Yeah, and, don't stand and, in there. I mean, if I'm somebody like Stipe, who's sitting there with the belt, I don't know that I want to take those punches from Stipe him. already beat him. He did, yeah. He was just very technical about it, and he just worked his way, picked yeah. him apart. Yeah. So, while we're in the heavyweight division, when the Gano, because I said, what's next for you? And he's like, I, I don't know. Kind of sucks. The division's kind of hung up. So I also kind of got the vibe that he was too 
nice to reserve to call anyone out. I would turn on said a situation. I would turn on to DC and say, get your ass in the ring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would have done just because yep. I don't like the guy. So but that brings me to my next point. Mm-hmm. Is today DC said he would fight for the belt if he would fight Nagano for the belt if they strip Stipe. It's okay. So maybe I'm out of the loop a little bit. Why would they be stripping Stipe? They're not, but that's DC wants to retire. He claims he's going to retire. He's only got one more fight. I'm going to fight Stipe for the trilogy, and I'm going to retire. But Stipe is kind of on the sidelines right now. So he got poked in the eye by Cormier in her last fight and had an eye injury. Okay. Um, he's also a firefighter normally. Yep. So he's been dealing. I think he's doing a lot with like the pandemic stuff, and then. Uh, Gyms are closed right now. He's the guy lives in Ohio still. It's not like he's got a big private gym. Yeah. So then today DC comes out and says, oh, I would I would fight Nagano for like a vacated belt if they strip Stipe. Because I'm ready to fight. <clears throat> so less than an hour ago, Stipe responded and said, and I quote, I've already said I'm going to fight DC. He just likes to make noise. My team is working on securing a training location and dates with the UFC. I have five belts at home. I don't need to sit on anything. If I didn't have a torn retina, I would have already fought and retired DC. I like that. Me too. So, yeah, without knowing the extent of Stipe's injury or whatever he's going through, you can make the argument that all fighters are struggling to find a facility to train. Absolutely. Right. Some might have better options than others, but. Yeah. To me, that's just DC pulling an idea out of his ass that's, not necessarily realistic. He's making noise. You could name uh, almost every fighter in the UFC would say, hey, I'll fight so-and-so if you strip the champ and give one of us the shot at the belt. Coward move. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't it's quite a bullshit move. You know damn well why DC or Stipe's not fighting you right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't quite understand that from DC's. And I don't think DC could make 265 right now. No, probably not. Uh, yeah, so DC's right. He's just making noise. And if you know the areas DC's from... Or uh, Stipe, I'm sorry, is from. Yeah. I'm not sure there is a gym available. Right, right. <laughs> it's like out in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. So yeah, he's pretty true to his roots. So, yeah, I just think Nagano's power is just unbelievably impressive. And I don't, despite the fact that Stipe has beat him in the past, I mean, one punch, he could knock oh, yeah. anybody out. Yeah. Anybody. Absolutely. A weak left-handed punch from a right-handed guy. It was insane. So we'll see. I think Steve Bay will be back as soon as he can. Yeah. It's not a matter if he doesn't want, like you said, it's not that I don't want to. Right. I have five belts at home. Yeah. What makes you think I don't want to fight? <laughs> so, yeah. Because to me, there are guys out there who win the belt. They sit around and chirp, I'm the champ. I'm the champ. I'm the best. Again, social media. Then it comes yeah. time to fight and they drag it out and drag it out. Yeah. yeah. First person that comes to mind is Kamar Usman. Finally got the belly beat Woodley. He looked good in that fight, but then ever since then, I'm hurt. I got to do this. Then he chirps. Then Masvidal corners him like, you want to fight? <laughs> oh, I got a cast on. So we'll see. That could be, like you said, the heavyweight division could be weak after, you know, three, four guys. I mean, especially DC's going to retire. There's a guy gone out of the heavyweight division. Yeah. Yep. So it's going to make that really thin. Yep. Next fight got interesting. I'm not a fan of this guy, uh, Henry Cejudo. He, uh, he yeah. beat Cruz in a TKO. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of him either. And the more I think about it, he puts on this, like, persona, mean mugging, going around, and, yes, he's got some accolades. He's had success. Yeah. But he, to me, he's kind of bordering on that line of, like, WWF showman yeah. rather than – just a fighter. Right. And I think that's why I'm not a fan of him. You think his retirement's legit? I don't. Me either. No. So, uh, I I think his contract's up, and he wasn't happy he wasn't getting paid after he won the belt from Dillashaw. Right. So, I think it's a contract negotiation tactic. Yeah. A really shitty one, because it's the oldest one in the book. So, if you didn't watch, he beat Dom Cruz by TKO at the very end of the second round, and then essentially retired in the post-fight interview. But, yeah, there's already a lot of speculation, like you just said, that this is just a move to negotiate his next contract, 
trying to pull extra money out of Dana right. to get him to c- come back. Right. Even if he has no intention of actually leaving. Now, I, I wanted to see Cruz win this fight. I knew the chances were going to be tough. Cruz has been on the sidelines for like three years after he lost to Garbrandt. <clears throat> Cruz has a unique style with his footwork. Yeah. He's very quick, likes to just dot people up as he moves. Um, he's not, he's a very smart guy because he calls fights fantastic. He's, he's very smart. Yeah. Second to Joe Rogan, I think, D, or uh, Cruz is probably extremely the best smart. Yeah. Announcer. yeah. Um, but I sent you a text yesterday, or was it today? Yesterday. Today. Last night. Wasn't last night? About the ref? Yes. Yeah. So I watched the interview today. He did. He, he said the ref smelled like alcohol and cigarettes. In the ring and said, I wish, I mean, he goes, when I saw him, I wish I could veto a ref and not have him there. Yeah. And, and then then he makes a bold accusation. I'm like, wow. I, I thought that was, uh, yeah, very bold. So we should say that the, we'll probably get to this in a second. The stoppage in that fight, Cruz thinks was controversial, too quick of a stop. So we'll get to that in a second. Yep. But. He continued by, as you said, basically claiming that the ref smelled like alcohol and cigarettes. And he, like you said, wished he could have vetoed the ref and then wished he had a drug test for the ref for the ref. after the fight. So, first of all, as much as I hate talking to somebody up close after they've been smoking cigarettes, there's nothing illegal about a guy smelling like cigarettes. True. Let's just at least put that part out yep. there. But, yeah, if you got a ref in there that's had some drinks and – is buzzed slightly tipsy that's that's not, that's not good no that's not good so that uh i think cruz cruz has enough good standing with somebody like dana white that if he makes that accusation it's gonna get looked into dana it. white's gonna look into it now it's probably got to be it probably needed to be looked into saturday night right you can't go back right monday tuesday and uh he made the accusation saturday night so. He did it when he was backstage and did an interview with uh, Olivi. Yep. So I don't know if it is getting looked into. I was. It's just weird because the way he said it wasn't like uh, sarcastic, haha. Like he was like, you know, right. he's just walking around. He's smelling like beer and cigarettes, and she was yeah. like, her expression was like, "Oh, wait, are, you, are you serious right now?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I am." Yeah. So she, Megan Olivi, she actually stopped. And had him confirm that. She's like, are you saying he smelled like alcohol and cigarettes? Yeah. So she heard it, stopped, and made him confirm. And he goes, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. And he was, I mean, I've seen guys mad at refs before, but he was, like, whispering sweet nothings in that ref's ear and was like, don't touch me. Like, I thought the ref was going to get beat up. Yeah. So afterwards, when they were getting to make the uh, the actual decision, yeah, he yanked his arm away and said something to him. and He was not happy. <clears throat> so. I went back and looked at this, the stoppage. The more I look at it, I'm okay with it. You good with the it? Stoppage. So, you know, we saw a couple quick replays, and most of them, I think when we were watching, they weren't showing too many slow-mos, and the angle was kind of from above. Yeah, yeah. So, from what I saw, so Cejudo threw a right knee, which we'll say pretty much knocked him out for a second. Yeah, it was kind of a, was kind of a lucky knee. Yeah. Crew so just happened to be moving that way yeah. when he jumped. Yep. So, either way, however it happened, the knee hit Cruz, and in my opinion, put him out for a second or two. Yep. Put him on his ass. Cruz did start to stand up, and Cejudo came in with a right hand and put him back down. And that's when Cejudo got on his back and started throwing lefts. From what I saw from some slow-mo replays, looking at this a few times, so he landed the knee, landed the big right, and then about 11 lefts did connect with his head. And the interesting thing was, while while Cejudo was on his back throwing the lefts, there were two different times that Cruz looked like he tried to push up and his arm gave out and his forehead hit the mat. And oh, it really? stayed there for another punch or two. And to me, that's a sign that this guy is in trouble. So... Afterwards, Cruz said, I was trying to get up. I was intelligently, whatever, trying to get up. And in my opinion, he never, at any point, he never covered his head to defend himself. Yet he took the knee and roughly 11 to 12 punches. Right. And twice those punches hit and his forehead immediately went to the mat as if he was going out again. So 
I think you and I initially also asked about the time because the official time was 4.58, which means there was only two, two seconds, seconds left in the round. And in a championship fight, you, as a fan, you want to see them maybe prolong that to get to the next round. Yeah, it's a, it puts the ref in a tough but, spot. Exactly. But you do know how much time's left because you hear the clap. the 10-second clap, yeah. And it was definitely after the clap, not right at 10 seconds. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I feel like as a ref – I, I I definitely get like if I didn't I if the most replay I saw is just what they sh- they were showing that night. Yep. It looked like and I felt like every replay kind of stopped at one point, or it looked like he was trying to get back up. Yeah. I think as a ref, I agree with. I mean, if you're everything you're saying, like if you watch today, that's yeah, that's a good stop. Yeah. But the other factors are like you just said, it's a championship fight. And Cruz did say, "I told the ref, let me go out." Let me go like completely yeah. out and so. And do you give that guy? What do you think two about seconds? that statement? Yeah, well, some guys do like that. I mean, they they want that. I mean, I, but is you're asking the ref to not do his job? You are because ultimately the ref, yes, he's in there to help decide the fight, but he's in in there. His number one priority is to protect the fighters. Right. If somebody's unconscious and he sees a punch going, that ref can. Go in, stop that punch, call the fight. Right. I mean. I think what the ask is there is if it looks like I'm in trouble, like against the cage or something, don't yeah. don't stop it. Go ahead and let me, yeah. you know. I think part of the, the fighter mentality there is I've put in the work, I've put in the effort. If it, yeah. If I'm going to lose, let me go out. I've heard that statement before from those guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, great example is Michael Bisbing <clears throat> got choked out by a GSP. Yeah. And he was one of those guys that said, I yeah. wasn't going to tap. Right. I'd rather go out and tap yep. and fight it all until the end. So yeah. I guess it's just a mentality thing. It w- would it be in two seconds left? It's a it's a hindsight 2020. So Give it two seconds and let them come back out and try it again. That's kind of where my mind is at. If this, if this stoppage was with a minute left in the round, I think it would be far less controversial. And... Just that statement alone makes me think, okay, the stoppage was fine. It's just that we all wanted those two seconds to pass so they could get to the next round. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I felt like, too, that Cruz was trying to find his way the first round and, like, just he was starting to shake the ring rust and get a groove in there. So yeah. I would like to have seen more of that. As we said, I'm I'm not a Cejudo fan, and I definitely am a Dom Cruz fan. So it's for me to admit all that is tough Yeah, right, to go – on Cejudo's side. I think the more I look at it and think about it, I'm okay with the stoppage. So that begs the question. I mean, if he's going to retire, it begs the question, what's next for that division? And there's a couple so, names out there. Yeah, so did you did you hear Dana afterwards? No, so, I did not. So they asked Dana about that, and he immediately said, Peter Jan um, gets a title shot. To whoever it's against, is that's what's up in the air. The other name I have is Eljermaine Sterling. Okay. He's like ranked second or third right now. He's okay. been putting on a good show. I mean, they asked uh, Dana about the Cejudo retirement. He said Cejudo's been hinting at that to Dana for about two or three months. So he said it was no surprise. And Dana's always said once a fighter is thinking about retirement, even mention it. That means they're no longer one hundred percent committed. And if you want to keep that fighter safe, keep him from getting truly hurt, they should just step. They away. should retire. So, yeah. No, I agree so with was, that. He was okay with the Suhudo retirement, if it's real, and as we said. And, yeah, he immediately said Peter Jan, no questions asked, is in the next title fight. It's just a matter of who it's against. Yeah, I think Jan should have fought Suhudo, but yeah. Suhudo kind of put that off. So, yeah. Yeah. who knows? You think, uh, you think Dom Cruz comes back? You think he fights again? Or do you think he retires? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it depends. I think that question... A week from to, a week from now is going to be different than if you asked him today. Yeah, he's, he's probably got to see like how does my body feel after this, that kind of thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting with Dom Cruz comes back to announcing because we know he'll do that. Yeah, and I think he's got a long term future doing that. Oh, absolutely. It'll be interesting when he comes back. The next couple controversial stoppages yeah. we have. What side of that fence he goes on? Or when that ref steps in the ring and yeah, yeah, call yeah, a fight that's, again? That's true. I didn't yeah. Think about that. yeah. yeah. So that'd be, that'd be, yeah, it's a good point. So he, like I said, I'm a fan of Cruz. Some of his comments after the fight, you know, about the ref, about the stoppage, the way he 
kind of acted like a baby in the ring, in my opinion, yanking his arm away. Yeah. It almost made me look at him as like a – he announces these fights. He's really in good with Dana White, an employee – obviously all the fighters are employees, but an employee of the UFC yeah. ringside. I almost felt like he was talking like somebody that's rather entitled and yeah, I gets couldn't. different privileges above the other fighters. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a different vibe. And then like yeah. – the, the favorite child yeah. whining to the parents, you know what he I mean? He went right to Dana too when Dana came in the ring. I was like yeah. – so I, I, again, I'm a fan of him, but his the way he acted after that fight kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right, let's move on to the main event. This thing. What did I say before they started this? Yeah, get the tarps out. There's gonna be some wrap, blood. Wrap that <laughs> ring in plastic, man. There's gonna be some blood. And then before the fight starts, this was my highlight of the night, and I got up the next morning and was still laughing about it. Oh like <laughs> sitting around, I'm just sitting around. I just start chuckling, like, oh man. So everybody knows that, like, Tony Ferguson's really weird. Yeah. Great fighter. No, there's nothing. I mean, the guy's a great fighter. He's just kind of weird. He's always posting on social media, like, odd workouts, and he's punching a wooden post and doing just running across a bunch of tires. Yeah. And <laughs> Gaethje comes out, and then I, all of a sudden you hear the, the camera flips to the back, and you see Ferguson getting ready to go. And I'm, in my mind, I was like, what is this walkout song? And then just as I get ready to say something, you speak up and you say, hey, Tony, what do you want for your walkout song? I don't know. Jack James, volume 12, pick a track. Uh, you're welcome. I, I've known you a while and I've never seen you laugh that hard. I, was, I cried. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, Jack James, volume 12, pick a track. And then I Google Jack James, there's only five volumes, yeah, but yeah, it bad. didn't matter. The whole point was, because one of the first things that came to mind was like, did he pick out Jock Jams? And then he just all of a sudden threw it there. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> he found it under his car seat. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Here, let's pick oh, a track of this. high school 01. Play this. <laughs> I used to listen to Jock Jams in my disc man on the way to a hockey games oh when I was a kid. Disc man. Yep. I used to do basketball ball handling with Jock Jams. So anyway, the fight. The fight. Um, two main things. I mean, Ferguson's got one hell of a chin on him because Gaethje's got some power, some big-time power for that uh, weight class. So Ferguson, I posted a video today. He was still in the hospital, but he was dancing, walking around with his IV. He does that. have a broken orbital bone. Okay. Not surprising. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me either. Gaethje... You know, I've watched the last few fights of Gaethje. Prior to that, I did, I admit I didn't know a whole lot about him, but I was extremely impressed with his boxing in that fight to the point where I, you know, I would put I would rank him among all weight classes as one of the best boxers based on what I saw Saturday night. It was it was very impressive to me. So if you've never seen Gaethje Poirier, go right. watch that fight because yeah. yeah. Poirier's got great boxing skills, and they did the same thing. Those two just stood. Yeah. And swung and took punches from each other. Yeah. And eventually Gagey just went out. He just right. couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. But uh Poirier definitely hits harder than Ferguson. Yeah. I mean props to Ferguson, man. Man, he took some punches. I was like even in the first round, I'm like, how is he still on his feet? So that kind of remind me a lot of like uh Nate Diaz where your chin is where they say you're too tough for your own Yes. Where they say you're too stupid for your own health Doing or good, something yeah. like that. He's yeah, most guys would have – the way Gaethje was hitting him, most guys in that weight class would have been knocked out in the first round. And Ferguson lasted all five, almost all five, and probably not good for his overall health. Yes. It, it would have been – he would have taken less damage if he got knocked the hell out in the first round. And Gaethje is – I've watched him as older – I mean, I've watched this kid last few fights. He mentioned in his interview, he said, you know, I had to change. I was taking too much damage. And he's absolutely right. There was a time I was like, man, this kid's fun to watch. He's exciting. He keeps fighting like that. He's yeah. not going to last. And he even mentioned one time, I got two fights left and I'm done because he was taking so much damage. And he was just like, yeah. going to finish out his contract. Yeah. I think things have changed for him. Um, I do like Gaethje against uh, Khabib. I do. Yep. Um, and so does Dustin Poirier. They've asked Poirier a couple times, like, who's going to knock off Khabib? Yep. I picked Poirier to beat Khabib. I said it's a bad matchup for Khabib. I think Khabib picks his opponents based on skill sets. 
And he, yep. he'll pull it off a fight as long as put off Ferguson how many times? Yeah. Um, I just Poirier's got good wrestling, and at one point he act, and he's got better, way better boxing than Khabib. And at one point, I I only watched most of the highlights. At one point, he had Khabib in a chokehold, and just about had it, mm-hmm. but it was just he was too sweaty, couldn't get it locked in, yeah. and then eventually, he's like, I made one wrong move, and Khabib got a hold of me, you know, got it locked in. I mean, Khabib is – I don't think Khabib pretends to have much of a boxing game. It's all about the, the ground game. Yeah. He, I, I think he's I think he's better than you give him credit for. I know you're not really a fan of him. He's got terrible boxing skills. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think he would admit that, to be honest. Yeah, he's got terrible boxing but, skills. This is like his fundamentals of like where his hands are. He's always just walking around with his hands yeah. down. I mean, when you get him – when he gets you on the ground, though, his ground and pound and his wrestling everything, I mean, he is – you can't make a mistake against him. Right. There are definitely guys that can hang with him, but as soon as you make one or two mistakes, it's 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 over. I mean, I I said that there was no way Connor beat him. I mean, Connor still thinks he can beat him. I still think Connor's going to beat him. And the reason I say that, and I'll, I'll give Connor credit. There's some guys where like he fought Diaz the first time, made adjustments, come back, won. Yeah. Connor is one of those great fighters. He does all his homework. That's a yep. terrible matchup for him. He's got terrible ground defense. Yeah. Terrible. Yep. He got terrible takedown defense. Yep. But someone like Gaethje, who's an all-American wrestler, and he gets asked every, every fight, why didn't you take him to the ground? He says, I don't need to. He's got great takedown defense. He's going to be able to sprawl. Yep. And I think he's going to be bigger than Khabib size-wise. That's going to be tough for Khabib. Yeah. It's going to make him stronger, I think. So yeah. that's where I think Gaethje, that's that's a really bad matchup for Khabib. Poirier yeah. was too, and that was, that was a tough fight for Khabib. But Gaethje's gonna be a tough fight. Poirier said that's the guy that beats him. Yeah, I I got no problem with that. I after Saturday night, I'm I'm be honest with you, I just became a huge Gaethje fan. He's yeah, he's the real deal. I I'd love to see that fight just in general. I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah. We'll see. It was great. Took the belt off, threw it, and said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I want the real one." Yeah, they asked him about that in the uh, post fight uh, press conference, and he he kind of backed off that a little bit. He's like, I, "You know, I'm a." He said, I'm a ultra competitor and I want the real belt, but I definitely do appreciate where I'm at right now. And this is no small feat. You know, he, he was, he was definitely yeah. a little more appreciative and appreciative of, of that belt, even though it's the interim title. Cause but, there was a tweet that came out right after he won. I'm assuming it's probably the gym or his team. who works out. They made a comment like how oh, we brought home another strap. So it's, there's more to that belt than him. Yeah. Yes. He gets yeah, in there and puts in the, he puts in the work, but there's people behind you that, yeah. They put in their time to help you train and get you better and teach you. So, yep. yeah, you got to – Yeah. That means a lot to them. Yeah. So. so. Yeah. Uh, upcoming, I, I am curious about the Wednesday night fight, Anthony Smith and Teixeira. Yep. Uh, that that should be a good fight. That's going to kind of – that might realign some stuff in the light heavyweight division. I think if Anthony Smith uh, wins that fight, yeah. you yeah. might see Smith-Reyes. Yeah. That fight could happen. Yeah, I was going to say, if Smith wins – it creates some fights at the top of the pecking order. If Teixeira wins, I'm not sure it really does anything for the division. No. Teixeira, to me, is a guy that's still a very solid fighter, but he's definitely past his prime, had right. his chances. And yeah, if, if Smith, Smith's got a lot more on the line in that fight than Teixeira does. I think so, too. So, And then the other one coming is uh, Saturday, I uh, highlighted Walt Harris is fighting Alistar Overeem. So he Walt's first fight since his daughter was murdered. So, it's, other than that, just that step of him getting back in the octagon, which is yeah. huge, and you know, props to him. This fight to me, Walt Harris has more to gain than Overeem. Overeem's been around for a really long time. Yeah, I agree. And with that. Uh, Walt Harris in the heavyweight division, this could shake things up and yeah. move his stock up and down. Yep. And I, mean, I have Walt Harris possibly win this fight and fight Curtis Blades, who's like ranked like fourth or fifth. Yeah, just my predictions. Yeah. Yeah, we've got, uh, like you say, Walt Harris, if he wins, we've mentioned a couple times the heavyweight division being thin. Uh, another name that jumped out at me for Wednesday is Ovin St. Preux is jumping up to the heavyweight ranks. Oh, is, oh yes. He's fighting at Ben Rothwell. We talked about that, yeah. So that to me, that's two guys, St. Preux and Harris. If they could get wins Wednesday and Saturday night, um, you know, there's two more reasonable names that are maybe moving up the ranks in heavyweight. Yeah, because St. Prue's lost to, he lost to Anthony Smith. Yeah. 
So yeah. now you're, you're in line behind him. There's a pecking order there, obviously, in that division. Light heavy, yeah. And fighting in general. So you might as well just move up. Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, this is his first fight at heavyweight. I think it he's is. He's always been light heavy. Yeah. So I know he's had a few losses lately, but as thin as heavyweight is, you never know. Might, yeah. Might be a good place for him. It'd be interesting to see what a guy like that weighs on fight night. Obviously, you got the 265 limit. You know, I, yeah. I never thought of him as a massive heavyweight. Right. Does he come in at like 230, 240? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If he's 230 and has a Rothwell, will be the opposite. He'll be a guy that cuts weight to get the 265. Right. So it'd be interesting if there's a 40, potentially like a 40 pound weight difference. If Rothwell gets 265, then jumps back up. Right. On I mean, fight night. Because you could fight a heavyweight anything over 205. Yeah. So yeah, you know, there could there, that's the one weight class, but yeah. So yeah. So yeah, like you said, if he's if St. Peru is two thirty, Rothwell cuts to two sixty five and jumps back up to seventy five, two eighty on fight night, you could have a forty five, fifty pound difference in a fight. Now I'm also curious, how did I say that? Because anything over two oh five, you fight a heavyweight. I'm curious if they some of those fights, if there's something one, would athletic commissions that say they have to be within a percentage or with so many pounds of each other. Or if there's something written in those fight agreements to say, all right, well, I only weigh 240 pounds. That guy weighs 260. You're going to make him cut weight? or? Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Because that's a weight class you could have big yeah. discrepancy in weight. I think, uh, I mean, I don't think you could force a guy to cut more weight because technically you're under, if you if Rothwell weighs 265 on weigh-in night and yeah. jumps back up to 275, he's made weight. I don't think you could. You can't force a guy to cut down to 240, but yeah. yeah, there may be some sort of monetary something in there. Hey, I'm taking a bigger risk. I want one more money. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Be an interesting factor. I'd love to see one of those fight contracts. I don't think I've ever seen a heavyweight under 240. I don't think so either. I think if you're that close, I mean, John Jones walks on at 230. Yeah. And fights 205. So, I think if you're that close, you just cut down to 205. Yeah. There was. Thought there was a heavyweight that typically did fight around 240, 245. I'm slipping who that is. Might even be, uh, oh my God. Stipe is Brown, it? Brown Pride, uh, Mexican. Oh, yeah, yeah. DC's yeah. buddy. Yes, yeah, Senator uh, King Velasquez. Yes. He might be the one that typically fought around Probably. 245. Stipe usually hovers around 240. Yeah, that might be who I'm thinking of, too. So yeah, Steve is in good shape. So, but to my knowledge, I've never seen a heavyweight weigh in under two forty. Yeah. So it'd be interesting what St. Prue weighs. Maybe yeah. St. Prue is bigger than I'm remembering, but I don't. I don't think he was a guy that was had to cut much to get the two hundred five. No, I don't think he's ever missed weight. Yeah, that I can remember. But so, oh. well, this is fun. We'll see, log yeah. fight game. Man. I'm glad we started to do this. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I think there's still. Up in the air about the next uh, pay per view. There's fights this week, and after that, it's still up in the air. So, yep. I guess when we find out more and see more fights, we'll do this again. Yep. Sounds good. All right, buddy. See you.